Welcome to the Coaching Connection Podcast, brought to you by the Gateway Training Center, the home for all of your life coach training needs. I am Katie Rushton, educator and your trusted friend in the coaching world. I am here to share with you best practices, coaching examples and tools to help you on your professional coaching journey. Tis a season to be jolly. La 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 la. <laughs> Hello everyone and... Hello. Yes, I was looking for some information on your upcoming coaching training program. This genuinely just happened. We sat down, we started to do our podcast recording, and then somebody called me and it came through my computer. And when I answered, I obviously stopped recording to answer. <laughs> and it was a wonderful lady inquiring about the training courses to become a life coach. We decided that we would keep the recording for humor and entertainment <laughs> and also to to share with you our next training course is starting March, March 2022, and we have some changes. Yes, and the first big change is that we are going to extend to 16 weeks rather than 14. This means that we are going to have some extra time to cover topics that we already discuss in the class, as well as some new concepts that we have not taught before. A second change that we are making, and this is something that we have been working on this year, is adding a bonus chapter that includes modules on how to start your own business. Now, please note, <laughs> we are not business coaches or business experts. We are sharing our experience from the last five years of running our own business and developing our own coaching practice. We are going to be sharing concepts from books that we've read, webinars, seminars that we've been to, mentors that have helped us, and we hope that it will at least give you a platform and steps to move forward. We recognize that coaching courses are solely focused on how to coach, and then when you've finished, it's this, ah, what do I do next? And so we want to give you something to help. It's not going to answer every question, or give you every step that you need to take because after all just like we learn from coaching and what we do with those that we work with everybody's situation is going to be different and what that looks like for you is going to be your own roadmap so we look forward to being able to give you this extra value through the program and hope that it is truly beneficial we also have other courses in the making and we look forward to sharing them with you next year at the start of our last episode, we introduced to you the concept of having a pre-session worksheet. Today, I'm going to share with you another idea of something that you could share before you meet. One of my students reminded me of this concept that I think is brilliant to use at the start of a session as a debrief or even one of the first sessions or a discovery call that you have with somebody you're working with. It's a mindful and reflective approach to asking your client, your coachee, to share with you what they've experienced since you last met. And it's called Rose Thorn Bud. Now what you do is you ask them to share experiences under each one of those headings. So for Rose, you want to share a highlight, a success, or something positive that has happened. For the thorn, 
you want to ask your coachee to share something that that's perhaps been a challenge or something that they would like more support with. And the third one is bud. This is where you ask for new ideas or something that the person you are working with is looking forward to and maybe even will be the foundation of your coaching session. In preparation for using this today, I did a quick internet search for the concept and I actually found several different visuals and PDF resources that you can use and share as a foundation if that is helpful for you. Just like our last session, I had Fred complete this exercise with some questions in preparation for today's discussion. Now we are going to start our session. Thank you for joining me today, Fred. This is our last session together and I look forward to working on what you have planned for today. I know that you've had a cold over the last couple of weeks since Thanksgiving. How are you feeling today health-wise? I'm feeling pretty good. Not quite 100%, but I'm just about there. Well, thank you for showing up and coming to our session today. I appreciate that. I asked you to complete the exercise in preparation for our time together. Let's jump in with how you approached and answered those questions, starting with the rose. What has been a highlight that you've experienced since we last met? The highlight for me was Thanksgiving. It was a nice little change of pace and opportunity to spend time with family and especially with my wife. I'm happy to report that the car karaoke did happen and it was amazing. <laughs> I also appreciated the opportunity, like I said last time, to reflect on the things that I'm thankful for, but also go deeper as to the why behind what I was feeling there. I know that family is important to you, and I imagine that time away was a gift for you. For the next question, how have you been successful? I have been able to accomplish quite a bit within our business this week. I've been doing a lot of grading for the current round of the course, and also doing some planning for the upcoming changes that we'll be making next year. I can sense that you're feeling confident about those accomplishments that you've had this week, what would you say that you're most proud of? Ooh, I've been excited about sharing this one. So I actually had an opportunity this last week to teach a group of coaches about setting up their next year for success. And the concept that I used was The One Thing by Gary Keller. And this is a topic that I'm pretty familiar with, so I was really confident in my presentation of it. I did it all by myself, and I feel like it was powerful because the everyone that was there had the opportunity to break down what their goal was for next year and leave with something tangible that they can implement now in order to create momentum before the next year even starts. What a great achievement. I sense that you put a lot of effort into the preparation element of that training and that looking back it was a great success and has given you somewhat of a boost. It really did. I'm feeling energized just talking about it. I almost want to skip over the thorn and just go straight into the bud so that we can keep that energy. As you know though it, it is important to talk about challenges because they help us learn and grow. Under the thorn how did you answer the question about what you found challenging over the last couple of weeks. 
Well, as was mentioned before, after my Thanksgiving trip, I came home with a cold. And because of that, I needed to take some time and listen to my body and get some rest so I could recover. That required me to make some changes to my approach to the rest of the things that needed to get done. Even though this was a setback and a challenge, I recognized that a sort of blooming rose that came from this is that I was still able to be intentional. Knowing that one of your goals has been to be intentional, especially how you spend your time, for you to be able to experience this setback and see that you were able to be and remain intentional, what has changed about your mindset to be able to cultivate that viewpoint? For me, it goes back to the discussion that we had around defining self-confidence. Knowing that it is a trust, an ability to trust in my own choices, I am in control. Whereas in the past, I would have just used it as an excuse to be complacent. It's like the analogy that we came up with when you said that you didn't want to be the passenger of your life. You wanted to be the driver. With that in mind and moving on to the bud, what are you looking forward to? What I'm looking forward to is the official launch of my 52 Fears podcast. And I know I keep saying it, but it is going to happen soon. <laughs> Define soon. Hmm. More than a day, less than a week. <laughs> this feels like a trap, like you're leading me into a false sense of security or something. Who, me? No. <laughs> okay, back to business. What are you most excited about? I am excited about all of the experiences that I'm going to be having when facing my fears, which does sound a little backwards to talk about being excited about fear, but still, it works. That was one of the goals you had from our last session. You decided the four that you wanted to work on, and then over the break, you were going to plan how that would look and play out. What progress did you make in creating that plan? Yeah, I'm happy to report that I was able to use driving time to discuss it with my wife, and we have made the plan, and it's ready to go. I imagine you feel very accomplished. The last question under Bud is, what needs growth and nurturing? This question was an interesting one because I don't often think of things from the perspective of nurturing. But in the spirit of change, I took it seriously. And I've been thinking about situations where I've recently felt that I was lacking some self-esteem, especially when it came to opportunities for communication, especially in groups. So I have decided that I would like to nurture me and my self-esteem. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing what you just did. I could tell that it was hard for you to say, I'm curious, what would be a word or even a phrase that you resonate with that describes what you just shared and what you would like to do? Becoming. 
That word resonates with me because it's about being mindful about how I show up, who I am as a husband, and who I want to be as a father. This is really coming from your heart. Yeah, yeah, it is. Taking into consideration what we've discussed around the rose, the thorn, and the bud, and what you mentioned about becoming, where do we go from here? I think it would be worthwhile to explore what I was talking about with respect to self-esteem, because that is my next step to becoming. Similar to when I asked you to define self-confidence, how would you define self-esteem? Well, I think in the past, I likely would have defined self-esteem as being confident. But now knowing that self-confidence is about trusting in my own decisions, I think to go further, self-esteem is about believing in my own worth and abilities. And how would you define your self-esteem? In terms of communication, I would describe my self-esteem as being quiet. When I'm in social settings or group conversations, I want to contribute to the conversation, but I don't always know if people will want to hear what I have to say or if what I would say is even of any value. What I'm hearing you say is that you're questioning or defining your worth and ability to communicate based on the perception of others. Whoa, I've never thought of it that way before. That's really eye-opening. What is it that your mind is being open to? I didn't realize that I was giving others the power to determine my worth. Who does hold the power? I do. Saying that out loud and owning it, how does that change your perception of your self-esteem now? It makes me realize that my self-esteem does not have anything to do with external factors and that my self-worth is based on the fact that I am a child of God. Drawing on that relationship that you have with higher power, let's imagine that God wrote you a letter and it came through the post and you open it and you start to read it and it's about how God would want to encourage you to nurture your self-esteem. What would be the two main concepts you think that he would share just for you? I think that God might say to become more godly, to find him within myself and myself in him. And that could be through things like improving my prayer and scripture study and through service of others. And the second concept I think God would share would be to be more, no, to take more initiative 
because taking more initiative is going to help me build my experiences. What I'm hearing you say is that you believe that God would invite you to draw closer to him. And also as you develop experiences, you'll have that to look back on and draw strength from. Speaking of which, I had a question pop into my mind a while ago that and it fits really nicely here. Thinking about your past and your strengths, when has been a time in your life where your self-esteem has perhaps been higher than what you perceive it as now? The first thing that comes to mind is when my wife and I were dating. Back then, I definitely felt like I had a stronger sense of self-esteem because I felt like I could just talk to her about anything. There wasn't any sort of questioning about my conversation abilities. And of course, that's still true today. My wife is my best friend. I just chose when we were dating because that's a time when we were still getting to know each other. So it's easier to compare to situations I might be in today where I'm with people I don't know as well or trying to get to know better. Thinking back to that time and who you were, what you valued, your priorities, what was different about you then that allowed you not to question yourself? Well, to answer that, let me give you a little context to a pattern that I've kind of seen through my life. So when I was growing up, I didn't really go out of my way to have conversations or to, to build strong friendships or relationships. And then when I met my wife, well, if you know her, she is very much a in-your-face kind of bold person that draws things out of you. And she gave me the opportunity to kind of grow into myself. And that really helped my self-esteem grow, especially with respect to the conversations we would have. So at that time, I didn't really feel much pressure, especially where the other relationships I had being in college were ones that were naturally sort of low pressure because I kind of had the mindset that at the change of the semester, my group of friends would likely change as well. So it wasn't like they were going to last forever. Once we got married, the responsibilities changed. I'm now a homeowner, a husband, and a business owner. And there seems to be more pressure on the relationships, some because they're more of a permanent nature, and then others, especially in the business, they're ones where I essentially am the, the face of the business to them, for example, with clients or in a teaching capacity. And I want the image of our business in the public eye to be a positive one. Listening to different seasons of your life allows me to see the pattern around pressure. When you were a child, a teenager, limited or no pressure. When you were at college and in that season of your life, you again felt no pressure. And through the journey of that, you kept discovering who you are. You had relationships and friendships that allowed you to step into that and develop your self-esteem, plus the relationship with God. I don't want to 
put that to the side and forget that because you said that that's important and that is where your self-worth wants to be. And, and now responsibilities have changed and it seems now you have pressure. And what I'm sensing, if I can go a little bit deeper and touch on something that might be vulnerable, is that that pressure has led you to close off and to hide who you are, even though you want to show who you are. But as you close off, you've then started to attach your self-worth, self-esteem into external situations. Yeah, I think that's actually spot on. For those listening, I was nodding my head practically through that whole thing. I think it really summarized exactly what's been happening. I'm sensing that this is perhaps more than self-esteem and that it's about you knowing your potential and wanting more for yourself and how you show up and how you present who that is to those that you get to be around and influence. You know, I'm realizing also that I think you're right. It is a bit deeper. It's like for so long I've had this script laid out for my life where I became a mechanical engineer and my my future would be as a mechanical engineer. And now I find myself in this very seemingly different world of psychology and life coaching and it's almost like there's some sort of disconnect in my mind because on the one hand I'm seeing myself as this this engineer who I mean he's quiet and nerdy and very like scientific and logical whereas the path I'm currently on is is different from that it's more social and and open and communicational and I'm just battling internally with making that change and becoming like changing my narrative to the one I'm on because this is where I want to be I want to be a leader and especially with my 52 fears project that's what I'm attempting to do and that adds pressure because I want to be authentic and so I need to figure out how to blend my engineered mind with leadership so that I do show up as me. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's quite the revelation right there. And to summarize what you shared with me, I heard you say that you're realizing that you had this story, this narrative planned out for your life built around being a mechanical engineer. And you're realizing that that narrative doesn't fit what your life is now. And it's as if you're waiting for your engineer mindset to change into a leadership mindset. And I, I heard you say that being an engineer seemed to be more scientific and logical. Now that you are in this world of psychology, what do you see that is similar? Well, one of the reasons that I did decide to take this career path was because I realized the similarities where it's almost like the world of psychology and the world of engineering are essentially both speaking 
the same language, but with different words. For example, I learned about systems theory through the lens of mechanics and engineering. And that was something that I was able to talk about with my wife as she was learning about systems theory with respect to families. I have an insight that I would like to share and for it to make sense in the context of what we're talking about, I'd like to do an activity beforehand. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I want you to imagine that you are at the theater and you see engineer Fred on the stage and you see leadership Fred on the stage and you're watching this scene play out as they are talking and communicating to each other. Imagine you watching them take a race to the mic. Who gets there first? The engineer. Okay, so keeping that in mind, I'm wondering if when we started this and we talked about what you wanted to nurture and you said self-esteem, with the insights and revelation that you've had and that you've shared, I'm wondering if the nurturing is your engineering part of you asking to be cared for and blended with the part of you that is the leadership so that you don't forget who you are and that you don't have to push aside the engineer mindset that you have, but instead make that a part of the leadership thread and how you show up as complete. Wow, that is really powerful. And really, it, it rings true when I think about some of the internal conflicts I've had between wanting to do things from a sort of engineering, engineering perspective versus the leadership. I think that there is certainly currently those two distinct parts of me and it's helping me realize that I need to blend them to become one while still allowing them both to be honored somewhat individually so that it, it is all what makes up me. Now that we have arrived at this point and you are recognizing that there's a need to honor both sides of you in terms of the engineer and the leader and also the the idea of protecting your self-esteem and developing who you want to be, that, that becoming, where do you want to go from here? I want to decide right here and now to live up to my full potential. And part of that is still yet to be discovered, but I know the path I want, and that is being the leader who also is an engineer. I have this feeling and impression that there may be another version of Fred that has a different narrative that shows up later down the road. And because of this experience of honoring your parts, honoring who you are, that I believe you when you say that you're going to live life to your fullest potential. And that is a life to discover. 
And that's a brilliant thing. And thank you for sharing you and your heart and your experiences and what is difficult for you and those realizations that you've gained. Thank you for sharing that with me. And thank you for sharing that with those that listen to this. I really do appreciate it. And as a shout out to those listening, we never know what was going to happen in our sessions before we began. And so this has been real. It has been authentic and it has been things that are important to Fred and what he wants to work on. And so in closing, back to coaching for a moment, Fred, how are you going to remain accountable and connected to the conviction of living your life to your fullest? I think there's actually a blessing in having this recorded because when times get tough, and they very likely will, I have it ready to listen again and remind me of everything that I experienced here. And I am accountable for my own actions, but knowing also that anyone who listens to this is also part of this journey and hearing exactly what I have committed to is powerful in itself, knowing that I'm also accountable to everyone listening. Considering the whole experience that we've had over the last two months recording these sessions together, what has brought you the greatest value of all? The opportunity to understand myself better. Thank you, Fred. I feel like we need to take a moment to, you know, celebrate what we have achieved together over the last two months. I really didn't know what to expect and I was somewhat nervous that it would be awkward <laughs> coaching someone that, you know, I love, you are my spouse, my husband, and especially in today's conversation when you talked about me <laughs> as, as if I was a third person, that was an interesting experience, it really was. As I said, when we began this, I do not recommend coaching those that you love, your top five. The only reason that I was okay demonstrating coaching with Fred is because he is also a trained coach and it was easy for us to, somewhat easy for us to step out of that spouse role and that system that we have together and know that we are doing this for you to demonstrate coaching skills and to help you see, especially those that take our courses, to help you see how we demonstrate what we teach and how we're true to that. And, and for those that aren't familiar with our course but are trained coaches elsewhere, we hope that this has been inspirational for you to see coaching skills in action. And we look forward to working with other people and doing different examples for you to continue to learn and for us to learn too. To help the growth of this podcast, please hit the subscribe button, the like button and leave a comment so that we can reach more people. We love being able to share what we know and we are passionate about it. Thank you for listening and supporting us. I'll see you next week.